0: Good evening everyone and welcome to the podcast. Tonight we're going to be doing some shifter plots to give provide an example of um, how it might work for Nano this year. Um, we're going to do a secret shifter AU for NCIS and then we're going to follow that up with the shifters are known for the Stargate Atlantis universe. Um, so Jilly, would you like to I think use our use your unicorn? I, mean, I don't really have an NCIS unicorn, so we'll go with your unicorn.
1: Well, there's only one unicorn. There's only one <laughs> unicorn to be had. <laughs> That's Tony Dinozo. There's <clears throat> Tony and then there's, you know. Um yeah, so for a secret for a secret unicorn secret unicorn. For a secret shifter thing, um, I I usually would approach that as kind of like you're mirroring like the dynamic you see in like a teen wolf kind of thing or Not supernatural because that's a terrible dynamic to mirror, but you know, where or or Buffy, where um, supernatural world is not generally known. Um, and so in that case, so let's say, and this is where I think you have to do your start at the beginning of your character's life if they were born a different shifter species, like if they're born um, a were tiger or something. We'll just go with werewolf. I can't I can't just flail about mentally for where species. Because right now my brain is stuck on wear bunny and werewolf. Um, and I just don't see Tony's a wear bunny. So
0: No, but where uh, tiger works.
1: Yeah, I do see him more feline than canine, so that's why I always have his spirit um, animals um be feline It's just my my personal headcanon um so yeah where it'd be like a were tiger or a werewolf or something so the question is was he born into that was he born a, a a were whatever or is he bitten into one like he's and it it makes a big difference because if he's always been that way you've got a challenge making canon occur which is why I would not i would have him be bitten on a scene yeah so um and that's i think that's the more the most straightforward path is that you're um your your characters if you want canon to remain intact up to the point at which this event occurs is that they're not born that way they they are bitten um oh what if it's not a bite
0: I I just had a complete like bunny just bloom in my ba- in my brain okay so swack mm-hmm what if she doesn't send him the plague? What if she sends him a lichen virus?
1: Okay. Would anybody know? Is is this like a known thing or well no, something- this is not
0: a known verse, but maybe like <clears throat> you look at the theme. So okay. Let me think about it a little bit. So <clears throat> she does this because her daughter um faked her daughter made a terrible mistake and reported a sexual experiment as a rape because she was embarrassed. Um, And her mother got bent around the axle about it and obsessed and tried to punish NCIS for it by creating a designer plague. Okay. I'm with you. So if they are, if mother and daughter are both shifters, it's unlikely that the daughter would have still been handcuffed to that bed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Also, I would tend to I tend to have the headcanon that people who are shifters tend to value being shifters, and they wouldn't use it punitively on people. Maybe, unless they're cuckoo, you know.
0: She might. Well, she has to know about shifters. What if the man, the daughter was involved, got killed? Uh, he, what if yes. he was a shifter, and the and and the mother found out? So she tries to punish NCIS by exposing them. To this virus. And she works for a pharmaceutical company. Or she owns a pharmaceutical company. So she could have been researching this for a while. And she's figured out. That some people turn. And some people die. And maybe she's. Kind of finagled it. Like she did the plague. To make it more deadly. And the end result is. Is that Tony DiNozzo. Contracts. This. Lichen virus. Instead
1: of the plague what if she combined she could even combine them she could um that if they have the only people who have any kind of um maybe she thinks a bunch of people are going to get it because she clearly thought a bunch of people were going to get it right she probably didn't think just one person was going to get it
0: what um, whoa, 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 Wait! what what if it's dormant okay let's let's back up um I like the idea of of swack being the the moment, right? Yeah. But what if it is just a plague? We, we take that can event. But what if Tony has
1: the reason that he survived? Because honestly, he what he got was unsurvivable. Pneumonic plague people do not survive with antibiotics. It just
0: doesn't happen. So, maybe he's maybe it's dormant. Maybe maybe his mother was a shifter and he never it just
1: or and the, maybe further back, dormant. But I think dormant genetics makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that way I'll have to, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have to build too much into it, right? Yeah. I like that thought drift. That Brad, Brad's a shifter, and he covers for Tony, and he starts getting better miraculously, and routes fur.
0: Yeah, I like that because you know the the plague being the
1: inciting event. It's, it's a catalyst for him to become a shifter. His his his. Shifter genetics wake up basically to keep him from dying. Well, but at the point that um at the point that uh he would have started that he turned the corner, Kate wasn't even in the room. Or she might not have she might have been out of the room. I mean, you could hand wave away Kate being there. See, Kate wasn't really exposed.
0: So no. she didn't get the plague. So even if she was a dormant shifter, she wouldn't come online because she didn't get the plague.
1: And Brad, no. Um, And Brad, if he's covering If he starts to notice signs of Tony Becoming a shifter um, He would make sure that Kate was out of there
0: The other side of it is is If you are a Tony and Kate shipper
1: Well, yeah Kate could be the
0: one to Well, you know, maybe it happens, I don't know Um, Maybe Kate could be the one That recognized that that, that Tony's a shifter And Works to protect him and that's why she stayed In the room with him
1: yeah, you could do that. I mean, I never saw their their dynamic as remotely romantic, but I'm sure that there are some people who ship. Or she could just actually be his bro. I mean, you know, if this yeah. is a different world. Um, it's a different AU. Um,
0: she demonstrated a great deal of empathy in that episode, and maybe that's you. Maybe you could you could work it so that's why that she's actually a shifter herself. I'd make her a cat too because it just kind of seems to fit her personality.
1: She She's seems definitely like the cat. type that would
0: play with her prey before she ate it.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, you know,
0: like a cougar, mountain lion. So that would be a good, you know,
1: uh, genfic. You could go Jen. Um, you could bring in an OC to put Tony with. You could um, because if he's if he suddenly because then then I mean that's your kind of your your um inciting event, right? Is he he suddenly he's been bitten. Um or not bitten. He's got he's gotten this plague, he's recovered, and now he's absolute no. Um I reject this choice. <laughs> Kate would be slinkier than that. Come on. Anyway, um
0: she'd be all sassy and shit. Yeah. Like those evil Siamese cats in Lady and Lady of the tramp. <laughs> but not a domestic cat, but like that, you know?
1: Evil. I could see her being like a clouded leopard or something like yeah, that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. that or cheetah.
1: Yeah. And I would think something that goes up in trees. Something that's kind of slinky and... So, but... It just depends on what you want to do with her. I
0: would not ship Tony with Brad as long as Brad is his doctor. Because that's gross.
1: Yeah. But you could get together later. I mean, the thing is, Brad is ostensibly an infectious disease specialist, so... I mean, he shouldn't be treating Tony long-term once Tony as well.
0: Yeah, I like that one. Better That's much than- better. Yeah, I like that one. That's Slinky. Slinky and Vicious. Um, yeah, yeah, one of the I funniest mean- things I see in the NCIS is for Tony to end up being... Brad's patient all the time. Like Brad like would got a general practice just to treat Tony. Because come on, you Actually, guys. I see,
1: <laughs> I see him usually pitches at pulmonologists which doesn't make any sense. They didn't know what he had when they brought him to the hospital. Why would they hand him off to a pulmonologist before they knew he had a respiratory infection? Anyway, um, that's a whole different kettle of that don't make no sense. Um <laughs> but anyways, uh yeah,
0: I think Brad would be kind of like a, a lot like house, but nicer.
1: <laughs> I, I actually think I actually think he was an infectious disease specialist Because they knew he had been exposed to something
0: They just didn't know and, what well, but I, I think they assumed I, anthrax originally right
1: Yeah they did assume anthrax Because that's the most likely thing to get put in the mail And plague be would a white powder, to, Plague wouldn't have occurred to them Because it would have been irradiated So um, Anyway Don't even get me started on the ducky thing But <laughs> <laughs> Look
0: don't make somebody who, who who makes a living cutting up bodies be your doctor.
1: Well, but even if you go that doctor, it, they have Ducky giving clearances for NCIS agents to go back to work. It doesn't work that way, which is illegal. So it's a conflict of interest, right? It's also not his function. He's also too t- tightly enmeshed with the team to be giving to be giving official recommendations about their health. It's just, it's crazy cakes. But anyway, um, yeah, so, both the,
0: the both the bubonic plague and the pneumonic plague are still
1: around and people do die from them. Um, bubonic, bubonic is much more prevalent than pneumonic. Pneumonic is really rare. Um, bubonic, you still see and in like, what, like absolutely and fatal without antibiotics. It is, um, with antibiotics, it's um, any form of plague with antibiotics is recoverable. It's that's why it's not considered the lef- it doesn't have the lethality of the of the past. The issue with what they did with the plague in Swac was that it was an antibiotic resistant strain, which they said now in the in the episode what he said is he would have the same chances of plague survivors of the past, which was fifteen percent. Fifteen percent was bubonic plague. There was no survivability with pneumonic, as far as I've ever been able to find. If you got pneumonic plague, you died. So they really picked the wrong plague. Right. They should have done bubonic. But I think they wanted a respiratory thing as opposed to, you know, the sores and lesions and stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, you don't want to make Michael Weatherly look too bad. <laughs> you just want to make him look blue. They gave him a blue nose. It was... Um... Yeah, but there, there are several cases of bubonic plague every year. And China is one area. Chile, I think, has few plague cases a year, but they're all treatable with antibiotics. Even the the rare, very rare case of pneumonic plague that comes up. Um, so the antibiotic resistant strain that they had, it was like, a, it was a death sentence. Cause yes, there was a 15% survivability factor when there were no antibiotics for the plague, but that only, that only was for bubonic. It didn't apply to pneumonic or the other one, which the other one is like, um, it's like septic. Or, it's, it's what's in the plague? <laughs> Starlight
0: is saying septicemia?
1: Septicemia, yeah.
0: Septic- septic- Thank septicemia.
1: You. Yeah, Semia. so that that was the that was the the I think I want gonna say septicemia is the rarest, but I'm not hundred percent sure about that. But is the most common and it's the most survivable. Without antibiotics. Right. You have about a fifteen percent chance. The other two, not so much, which is where where they kind of got it, um,
0: well, gosh, it's like the people inside, it's the people who wrote NCIS didn't do any
1: research. They couldn't be bothered to check Wikipedia even. I mean, that information, <laughs> pretty much just, I'm pretty much sure that information is all on Wikipedia. But anyway, um, so, he, so it, it was not something that was really survivable, honestly, without antibiotics. But anyway. Um, so the
0: plague wakes up his genetics.
1: And it it is playing with an overlooked plot point, right? Which is that he shouldn't have survived and playing with the idea of why did he survived? Why did he survived? Oh my God. What is the matter with me? Um,
0: Well, it is late.
1: So, um, so then your question is, well, what do you want to do? Do you want him trying to figure out how to be a shifter at NCIS? Do you want him to leave and go join a tiger pack somewhere? Um, which is probably the route that I would go, right? Is that he goes off and joins eventually joins a, a pack somewhere or pride. I used to be pride if it's tigers. He's off, joins a pride, and falls in love with somebody and um has unbarbed sex um as often as possible.
0: So you have a couple of choices here. Is is Ellie still here? Did Ellie go uh... Yeah, you can mothership it. Not opposed. ATF it,
1: what? Yeah, that her 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 Chris thing really. She's here. She did a really did a thing for. I really had a I really had a really positive reaction to Chris and and Tony. So
0: here's the thing: what if the Mag Seven ATF guys are all big cats?
1: And you know what's great about that is you have no cannon to interfere because it's all in AU already. (laughs) And then they're like. They
0: hear through the, you know, the shifter grapevine that this really brilliant investigator NCIS has been exposed or has been awakened, so to speak, coming from from dormancy. Um, and they're like, we need to get some of
1: that. <laughs> and Chris is like, that. I need to get some of that personally. <laughs> and then there you go. I'm like deeply invested in having some of that. And you could do, and then like depending upon your. Desire to push, you could have a whole you know, delve into what pride life is like and what, um, you know, what it's like to be in a cat pack. <laughs> um, so that would actually be a big team
0: fic. I mean, even if you had like a pairing, it, there would be a lot of characters moving around. Um, it you know, it's it would really expand your playground as a writer. Um, you have a lot of room. It'd be more like a sandbox AU, I guess you would say. Uh, Whereas if you took it to like something like Hawaii Five-0, it's going to, I think that that's going to lean itself more towards a very intimate story. Uh, You know, finding... um, Maybe Tony already knows that Steve is a shifter. Maybe he found out while he served on the ship. Or Steve sought him out because even if he was dormant, maybe he could still smell it on him. And I don't think Tony's mother would have kept it from him. So he probably knows that he he has this lurking in, in,
1: in his body. It's just not active, unless so to speak. His, unless his mother doesn't know. I mean, it could be. It depends on if you want to have the big surprise. Like he's shocked about werewolves or, you know, whatever. But Shifters.
0: if you build that big surprise in, you're going to have a lot of... There's going to be a lot of things to work through. But if Tony already knows, that kind of simplifies that part of your
1: characterization. Yeah, if he already knows about shifters, yeah. So when
0: it happens to him, um, he seeks Steve out because Steve is really the only shifter that he knows. So he he goes to Hawaii and hooks up with a hot-ass Navy SEAL.
1: Yep. Go to Colorado and get himself. I think Chris was a Navy SEAL in the ATFAU too. So he could have a Navy SEAL whether he's in Colorado or in Hawaii. He just. Steve is um, definitely a tiger. Yeah. So um, if you wanted to write a romance, I would definitely go the route of Tony already knows about shifter. So you don't have the whole trauma of finding out about this hidden world for him. If you wanted to write a gen fic, I probably would go with, he didn't know. And your exploration is more of a character exploration of him coming to mm-hmm. grips with his, what he is and, and the whole shifter world and how does he fit in it and what does he want for his life? And that's a very different approach. So in that case, you kind of go the direction of what serves your story. Um, yeah. I do like Rampart and Tony too. And that again, but Rampart's a completely different vibe from.
0: Rampart would give him, it would be, it would be a soft place to land. Yeah, It would be a quiet... Ian Edgerton would be a hard place to land. <laughs> Fun intended. Um, But Ian Edgerton... Okay, so what if... That while shifters are not known to the world at large... They are known to a select group of people... Who are not shifters themselves. And one of those people happens to be... Say like Tom Morrow. And maybe in this particular universe... Ian Edgerton works for Homeland Security... I'm not mad at it. So and then Tom Morrow um creates like yeah, like washers from um Highlander. Um and Tom and Buffy. And, and Buffy too. Yeah. But those, those washers and Buffy were ugh.
1: Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just, Anyways, um let's go with the watchers from <laughs> Highlander, they're less <laughs>
1: Yeah, they didn't, they didn't throw teenage girls out to be killed by vampires. We'll just...
0: Right? Okay. So, and so say like uh, Tom Morrow um, recruits Tony into Homeland Security and um, says that, you know, that he has these elite teams, these two man teams that go out and do, you know, they, they hunt criminals, they do damage control, they do um, special cases, maybe, you know, terrorism, stuff like that. And, And he has a asset who doesn't have a partner and he's looking for a partner for this asset and the asset happens to be Ian Edgerton. Yeah. Hostage recovery. So here are three different paths you could take Tony down. Um, and there are, you know, that's, that's mag seven Hawaii five Oh and numbers. Now let's look at what we could layer on top of it. Cause the layer is important. What would be the layer in ATF?
1: Well, actually, you could have conceivably the same layer in all of them. Could, which is the trope, is that Tony leaves. Um, I mean, that is a thematic trope for NCIS. Um, now, if you want Tony to stay around NCIS, that's really different. Although I tend to think of it, it, for this, yeah, well, no, I won't, I won't say that because
0: I don't think I think Found Family would be an excellent one for the Mac Seven.
1: Yeah, found family is a good trope. Um, I mean, yes, they so, all would
0: qualify for the Tony leaves NCIS, which is a great trope. It's my favorite trope. But just to give some people some extra options, just you know, yeah, to to think about your layers. Um, see, i be more likely to do soulmates for numbers, and maybe like straight up bonding and and scenting, and you know, every possible shifter trope you could think of that's decent with Steve.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would probably although the shifter trope that I would I mean you could use this in any of them. You could use this one in any of them. But I would want to do like mate fic with Rampart. Oh, that's my mm. mate. Yeah, mate fic would totally. I'm already I'm already happy just thinking about it. Um I think of some other tropes that you could
0: use. Um So would like a mate fic be like one true mate, soulmate the
1: one, kind. Yeah, of thing. yeah. That kind of that kind of uh, that kind of vibe. Yeah, that's my one.
0: It kind of has that vibe of Primus, where he goes on his hunt and has to find that special one. That one. The There's one, only the one. one. The, Which the hot is, one.
1: Yeah, the hot. Yeah, the really hot, really hot alien in another galaxy that I've been dreaming about.
0: There um, you are. I do love that whole soulmate
1: thing where they
0: were, you know, oh, there you are.
1: Right? It's like, where, sometimes if you go out more bittersweet, it's like, where have you been?
0: You know? I love Um, that song by Kathy Matea called Where Have You Been? Yeah. Where have you been?
1: I always, the end of that song always makes me freaking cry. I cannot listen to it without getting teary. It's just, it's It's a a little like, it's really like, from an emotional perspective, it's a little like compressed steel magnolias. I just,
0: it's called where have you been and it's by kathy matea i highly recommend you listen to it or go watch the video on uh, youtube maybe not watch the video because it's probably sadder than the song (laughs) but it's beautiful it's a story about a man and a woman and um they kind of like they meet and it's like their souls meet and it's like and she asks him where have you been i've been looking for you forever and a day yeah and then they grow old together, and it's beautiful, and um, she starts to forget everybody, and he comes to see her in her hospital room. They're on separate floors in the building, um, and he comes to see her, and she asks him, where have you been?
1: The um the bridge, the lyric is something like... Um... Um, they never spent a night apart for 60 years. She heard him snore. And now they're in a hospital in separate beds on different floors. And then the last verse is him coming to see her. And she hasn't remembered anybody in a long time. But when she sees him, she remembers. And she says, where have you been? Whatever. And so It's beautiful. killing me. <laughs>
0: but Sorry. It, but it is beautiful. It also... Um, uh, it's one of the songs that um, inspired me to write what might have been. Although I never used it as a song title. It It's one of the threads that I um, thread through what might have been. Is that, that connection that two people make. And how that connection changes um, their lives and everybody
1: around them. Yeah. So you could do destined mate as a trope. You could do... Um... Like we said, the whole found family is good. Um, if you have him get together with somebody who's got a kid, you could do kid fic. Um, <laughs> Jinx, Bibbidi. <laughs> Bibbidi, Bobbidi, Boo. <laughs> You've just been waiting to say that, haven't you?
0: Yeah, um, always.
1: We've got always. a Boo. We've already got a Boo. We've got a Bibbidi. Now we need a Bobbidi. We do. Um, I'm trying to think of some other uh, popular tropes.
0: Three the trope list. We, we might need the trope list. What's a good trope list? Do I even have a trope list on the thing? I think I do. Um, it. You know. You know, Chris. It made me think of the same exact thing,
1: but I wasn't going to say it. What did Chris think of? Bobbit. Oh, Lordy. Okay. Where is my list? Um He had it coming. <laughs>
0: Sorry, I added musical yeah. moment.
1: <laughs> so uh there's a, there's marriage of convenience, um, which actually would be pretty easy to do um in a uh um, it would be pretty easy to do with this setup in the sense of, you know, it serves him in some fashion to Marry the pack leader or something like that. I don't know you could do definitely do a marriage of convenience. Um, you could do. Um, wedding fic for sure. All you could call it bonding or mating fic. I don't know. Um, could do a case fic. Eh. I mean, Canadian, yeah, Canadian shack. <laughs> you
0: could do a Canadian shack.
1: I don't know how I mean, they're going to get to Canada, but maybe there's a Canadian shack in Colorado.
0: But it doesn't actually have to be a, it doesn't have to be in Canadian,
1: Canada. Well, I know we just, we just, But it is the Canadian Shack. It is the Canadian Shack trope, which is a, it's a variant of the isolated slash trapped trope, but Canadian Shack amuses us because reasons. And also because when you search for Canadian Shack, you literally, somebody literally created the very first image is a picture of a Canadian shack. Shack.
0: It's amazing. So, interesting Canadian shack. So, yeah, I mean that's awesome. <laughs> is it is it an ice fishing shack? Probably. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyways, okay. So an option for a Canadian shack, Vic. Um, Tony leaves NCIS and he's he's he a, a, after he makes his first shift, he just can't he just can't deal with gives his bullshit. And he most certainly is not going to fucking deal with Ziva. Um, you can have Kate live or not.
1: Yeah, in the fact, tiger. Tony in him leaves is... that give Yeah, Kate could live. You may have never have Ziva, but Tony maybe he's fighting not to claw Gibbs' face off all the time. Maybe his inner tiger just cannot deal with Gibbs' bullshit.
0: But if you want to add Ziva as an element, um, if Tony leaves and there's room on the team, and then she won't have to have Kate killed. Because it yeah. is my head that she had Kate killed, so
1: there'd be room for her on the team. Anyways, <clears throat> actually, so, catalyst—you know, like catalyst for Tony leaving could be getting a head slap. Mm. It could, it could—he he could get that first head slap, and his his like brain like vibrates and slides forward. He has such a hard time keeping his tiger under control that he's like, "Okay, this is a problem. I gotta go.
0: <laughs> I gotta go."
1: So it doesn't actually
0: have to be in Canada. It just has to be an isolated location. The, the trope itself comes from um, due South, and there were a whole bunch of fix where Ray um, hunts. What's his name? Uh,
1: Brent. Uh, what's his name? Uh, he uh, goes back to Canada. Lives yeah, Ray it. and Bent. Ray and Benton. I, I was could, could hear Fraser. Benton goes it.
0: back to. One of them is Fraser, right? It's like Benton Fraser.
1: Benton Fraser and Ray Kowalski. Yeah.
0: Okay. So Benton goes back to California uh, to Canada, California, to Canada and ends up living in a shack. And then Ray hunts him down and they have man love.
1: <laughs> Lots of it. But
0: then there was what an awesome one where Ray ended up in the Canadian shack. <laughs> it's like, why are you here? <laughs> this is my shack. Get your own. <laughs> Anyways, it doesn't actually have to be a shack in in Canada. But what if, like Tony does, get the head slap and he he's like, you know what? I can't, I can't. I'll kill you all. I can't do this. And so he's he's kind of like being pulled somewhere, and he doesn't know where he, he he feels like he has to go. So he ends up taking this like meandering road trip, and he ends up like um coming across this cabin. In this isolated location of your choice, and the character of your choice is living in that cabin, and they're his mate. So he's like being called his soulmate.
1: Oh, that's sweet. Because then you've got Canadian Shack, and you've got soulmate. Hmm. I mean, I'm I like things that are trope tastic personally.
0: And that's a that's a, that's a element of world building that maybe like halfway through his trip he realizes what's happening that he's on some kind of mating journey. Mm, okay, that you know that this is something he's heard about, maybe from his relatives in Britain. That if your mate is not close by, that you will be compelled instinctually to seek them out. Kind of like a very slow paced mating hunt situation. Yeah, because mating hunts are really popular in shifter fic. Usually, you know, they're chasing somebody through the woods, but
1: and nodding is also a trope. So you can you know throw that that trope in.
0: And so whoever he finds in that cabin would be up to you personally. If I was writing this, it would be Rampart.
1: Yeah. And the other, but the other variants of a Canadian shack are, um, uh, K-fic and desert Island, which are all, they're all versions of where we're, we're isolated somewhere or trapped somewhere where we're, where we are alone with just nothing to do, but talk and have sex. And in Chris's case, less on the talking <laughs> words, man. <laughs>
0: I want one of those t-shirts too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, okay, so that that is a. Um, Secret. That is a secret werewolf, secret shifter AU, where there's shifters, but the world at large doesn't know about them. So that your canon circumstances for most of your characters can remain relatively intact, and it is a and because of the the period at which the shift, the the bite or the infection happens, um, you don't have to deal with the ripples of would canon have still happened because you know if he's being bit on a case or or it's the swag thing everything up to that point can be be the same. So um, it's a very straightforward approach, um, but you still have to do the whole, the work on the, what are the shifter pack slash prides look like? How do they function? Is there governance? Does the government know about them and it just keeps the secret from the general populace? You know, you've got to kind of answer all those questions and do that world building work. And then you kind of, you know, sprinkle that information in where it's appropriate. Which is a completely different thing than the shifters are known story. Which is not like
0: But you also have to make a decision about what kind of story you want to write. Do you want to write an intimate characterization driven story about your character finding love and acceptance? Do you want them to find a new family? Do you want them to end by by the where do you want your story to end? Where does your character begin and where do they end up? What do you want for your character by the end of your story? And these will and, and knowing the answer to that question will tell you what kind of story you want to write, what characters you want to include, um, and what situations and tropes work will work best for your goal.
1: Yeah, and as a as that, you don't have to be a plotter to to answer those questions. Because if you know the general direction you want to head, you can at least kind of, you know make your decisions that take you in that direction as opposed to making random decisions, They're not random, but not knowing your destination. I mean, it's a difference between, you know, like let's say um, you're setting out on a road trip and you ha- you're you not planning and we're, we're it at all. Um, but if you know you want to end up and you're starting from San Francisco and you know that ultimately you want your very end game to be, um Maine. You want to see what Stephen King is going on about. Um, it at least would inform your decisions about, in general, which direction you're headed. And you might not drive towards Mexico. You know? Um, so you don't have to plan every stop between San Francisco and Maine, but knowing you're going to Maine keeps you from going the wrong direction. So, and that you don't have to plot to make those kinds of choices up front.
0: And I really think that just making a few simple, precise, thoughtful choices at the beginning of your writing period um, is just to your benefit. No matter how, no matter what your writing style is. Yeah.
1: So, let's do a quick something on Shifters are Known in the stargate franchise probably stargate atlantis because that's what we like the best
0: it is the better show it is i'm a little biased
1: i guess maybe maybe i just think it was more interesting overall um i think there were some some interesting characters in in sg1 but uh, overall as a show i think that um sga held together better hi
0: jess welcome to the podcast hey jess We're in the middle of a plotting session. We're about to start part two. So you came in at an excellent time.
1: So SGA with werewolves or shifters are known. Um, What does that look like? We're going to assume that the the Stargate thing still happens in some fashion. I originally,
0: I had a verse once that I started, but it fell apart because I tried to insert some ABO stuff. I really... Anyways, it was bad. Um, The concept, not the actual writing. The writing wasn't bad at all. There's some scenes that I really enjoyed in it. But that the shifters came through the Stargate as slaves to Raw, And they were two kind. Um, There were cats and canines and um, they were Theron. They were called Therans. And uh, they eventually helped the Egyptians overthrow Ra on Earth. And bury the stragate And they blended in with the people of Earth. And so by the time the stragate is rediscovered for SG-1, Therans are a well-known population on the planet. And there are packs and, you know, there's all kinds of things. Um So, one of the ways you could introduce shifter genetics to Earth is through the Stargate.
1: Okay. I like that. Which would mean, you know, it's possible um, that um, there'd be other shifters out there. um, That when they're traveling the universe, that that they encounter more shifters. It would also open up
0: your um, possibilities. Because there are different species in um, the galaxy that uh, you could play on. Like specifically like the Unus, like I did in Patient Zero. The Tatsu are a mixture of Unus, Human, Ancient, and Erratus. But they get their dragon from the Unus. So you could theoretically do a Dragon Shifter AU based on Unus genetics um, on Earth. Now, originally, Unus were used as hosts for the goal. and then they moved on to other species from there. So, Unus could have been brought to Earth through the gate, or Ra could have been experimenting on them, trying to create a better, stronger, physical host for himself. And that genetic experiment got loose on Earth, and got completely out of control.
1: Thoughts? Um, I like the I like the I don't the the experiment that got out of control. I like less
0: than something like purposeful.
1: Yeah. Um. I guess it's just because I I just have a, sometimes this thing about when it comes to experimentation, I tend to kind of personally in terms of world building shy away from things that in any way smack of like medical experimentation. Um. I only make bad guys do it as a well, writer. yeah, yeah, but it happens to the good guys, right? I mean, I'm not saying the good guys do that kind of thing, I just, you know, there's actually a sort of a pseudo shifter story. Um, it's actually it's by an author who's really writes really well. It's just, it's like the one story she writes, written in NCIS, that is really hard for me to read, where Tony is kidnapped and, um, it is not the writing; it's just the subject matter is very difficult for me. And subjected to extensive medical experimentation, that basically leaves him a sort of a pseudo shifter in a world where shifters don't exist. Um, I think he can turn into like a partially into some sort of cat. Um, it also he it um, there's sort of a sort of a whole kind of body horror thing that happens because he unexpectedly gets pregnant. Because um, they really, went I think I've read that fic. Yeah, it it's just a tough read because I really find the whole idea of medical experimentation really triggering. But I mean, the author did a good job with it. It's just oh my goodness, um, tough read. So it anything is a, that, it is a difficult read. So anything that that's sort of um, okay. I was looking for this term: the um, animal headdress, the animal headdress thing, like that were um, the animal-headed forms of gods depicted in ancient Egyptian. The term is theriocephaly. Mm-hmm. As opposed to th- 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 therianthropy,
0: I think that's where I kind of like migrated down that path to get to Theron's when I was making that when I was doing that world building. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I did it, but I think that was pretty much the path I took. Um, that there, that the Horus guards were shifters. Um, yeah. but it would be. <sighs> If, if I were going to write that experimentation by Ra, it would take place historically um, and it would actually be information lost to time. Whether or not the Stargate program found out about it later would be up for debate. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're, you're, you're looking at the what caused the people in Egypt to rise up against Ra. What was the final straw? What was the breaking point? Um, in, in canon, it's just it's it's just the slavery, which is you know more than twenty, yeah, more than enough. But if you wanted to play on that and explore that um and have it start there, that would be a good place to start. I would not want to have the gene carriers it it that's huge. If you like had the gene, all, like every gene carry on our are, are on Earth, suddenly come online as a shifter because Jack O'Neill sat in the chair in um, Antarctica, the the chaos would be immense.
1: Yeah, it would be. But that wouldn't be a shifters are known thing.
0: Well, they would be like instantly known. They would go, right. "Oh, we don't have. Sh- oh, look, now we have werewolves. Fuck me." <laughs> I that's like shifters.
1: Shifters are becoming known.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's like more of an emergence fic. But I would, th- I would not want to write. Which would
1: be, which would be a layer, right? Mm, I it mean, would be the emergence, the emergence aspect of, uh, on its own is a trope. So,
0: but it would be, it would be a very involved project. I mean, I'm talking if just thinking about the logistics of laying that out. I, I am thinking I'd probably spread that out over, out over three or four novels.
1: Um, I mean, some people would approach it though. The shortcut is to write your inciting event and the initial chaos and then time skip a big time skip. And then you have to kind of feed in your exposition to explain how you got to where you are. It's like I said, it is a shortcut, but I mean, a lot of people approach that kind of thing that way because they don't want to write the fallout. Um, In intuitive, I did a, I think a one year time skip, Mm -hmm. but that was just that what, The problems aren't solved. I didn't go all the way to problem solved when the world is great and there are psychics. I went forward enough that the initial chaos wasn't. Because that would be very, um, you know, waiting for the muck with your characters while they try to keep people from getting killed. Which is a little too.
0: I mean, because if you think about that many shifters coming online at once all over the planet, um, there would be a lot of death. Yeah. There would be an immediate government reaction across the planet. Various governments, um, realistically, um, government seizure of children, young adults, and adults um, near fucking slave-like conditions. I mean, this would it it would be a big, ugly mess that i would not want to write but the ripples are there and the consequences are very clear Mm -hmm. Internment camps yes and it would also out the stargate program if the stargate program was not already outed which would cause
1: (laughs) unless you were using the stargate program as a way to evacuate the shifters from earth Like, you're sending them all off to Pegasus to live on Atlantis because Earth is turned, you know, the tide is turned. And you could actually even start your story there at the point at which they're sort of doing kind of a, you know, a backdoor.
0: What if you backed it all the way up to the 40s the first time they activated the Stargate? Okay. Hear me out. So they buried the Stargate in Egypt. And Ra's a bitch. Yeah. And Ra ha- has enough humans on hand to have studied them. And maybe he's found something buried in their genetics. And the host was hot. Maybe he set something up. Some kind of electro- electronic signal, maybe. Something in the Stargate. Some kind of revenge in the Stargate system. We know that they're connected through programming. Okay. And what if when they activated the Stargate in the 40s, that, that very first time when that poor man got abandoned on that whole planet for years and ran around naked, um, like, yeah, like a genetic e-impulse, it sends out some kind of genetic e-impulse and wakes up all these shifters. So that way you have your triggering event way, way, way in the past. And then by the time the Stargate program finds... Atlantis the situation is in such a place that maybe the United States has decided that it would be best if they evacuated the shifters maybe they're all ATA positive maybe that's what he found he who maybe there's some part of the ATA experiment the ancients did that wakes up something more primitive Uh, in humans your choice. You can decide what that is, um, or how that works. That's you know, that's some mechanics that you get to figure out as a writer. on your own, but the end result is is that by the time Atlantis is found, you they're all like, you know what, you
1: you guys aren't safe here. So how would you have to go to Pegasus? <laughs> so you you could go to it's a, with the, it being the forties, you know, so give yourself. Um, you're giving yourself like 50-ish years to let the situation settle down. So you could go either direction with how the situation settles down. Either it settles down poorly and you're kind of dealing with a little bit of a, almost a dystopian, potential for a dystopian type situation. And uh, like they can't get shifter rights or something like that. And so getting them to, getting them to Atlantis and you've got kind of this, you know, Atlantis is um, built as a kind of a shifter colony in a lot of ways. Or you could go the other direction, which is that things settle down and the and shifters have a, a part in society. And, yeah, there's still some assholes out there who are sort of like humans first kind of thing. Um, or you could go in another direction
0: where Atlantis is considered basically Australia. And Earth government said, you know what? You have that place out there that you guys can't run. Let's just send all of our shifters over there. Every okay. single one of them
1: yeah so you could go with that you could go with their part of functional part of society you could go with you know the literally it's it's a we want to get the shifters off earth it could be kind of a smuggling the shifters off earth kind of thing and it all the decision is all about what kind of story do you want to tell um do you want to tell something because there's varying levels of conflict and angst in in those choices if you want to tell a romance, like a just a pure kind of romance, you want a situation where, you know, the world gets along with shifters. Um, what kind of cat would, and then they, when they bring Rodney into the program, you know, and Rodney and John meet, you know. Um, I think once the genetics are active, they would be active. And
0: then any offspring of those who were activated would also be kind of like the way the ATA gene has been passed around. If you have the ATA gene, it's active when you're born. Maybe in this world. They, all the ATA gyms were dormant. Until the signal yep. from RAW, Which we should definitely call the bitch pulse. <laughs> okay. I'm okay. Down. The story idea where Ra has a bitch fit. From 300 million light years away. Because <laughs> he would. <laughs> well. It would depend on if they knew. I mean, we know genetic testing was was coming.
1: Well, and even if they knew, I mean, when did we finally map the human genome? Right. I mean, it, just because they wanted to test doesn't mean they actually had the capability. Um, they could have been trying to find some sort of indicator, but depending upon what served your story, they may not have been able to find it. Um, and there could be shifters hiding.
0: Whether or not they... they Honestly, if they're deciding that Atlantis is Australia, they don't give a shit if the shifters can work Atlantis. No. They don't give a shit what happens to them once they shove them through that gate to a galaxy where they can't come back from.
1: And you could actually have a divergence... (laughs) You could actually have a divergence in Stargate canon. Yes, Daisy, we are still doing the podcast. You could have a divergence in... Stargate Cannon, where um, instead of going to... Because ostensibly, the purpose of the of the Atlantis expedition was to g- go look for weapons, right? To help them fight the the Ori, or whoever they were fighting it, at that time. Um, They're out there looking for big-ass base guns, because that's... It was still what, the
0: gold at that time.
1: Was it still the gold? Because it it's... But big-ass base guns is always the motivation for exploration. Anyway... But instead of that motivation, once they discovered the location of Atlantis, maybe they didn't care anymore. Maybe the you know the gold were um, under control, and so they're like, "Oh, well, you found this this place in another galaxy. Let's let's go shove these people through it." And so then you don't ever have the original Stargate, the original Atlantis expedition. You just have a bunch of shifters being shoved through the gate, of which, of course, and John and Rodney shifters- would be amongst them.
0: What would be really interesting is that if Atlantis was discovered earlier, and they know that shifters can run it because of Jack O'Neill, they know that ancient they know that ancient devices work for shifters, even if they don't know why. So they have this city that only shifters can use, and they have this this shifter population on Earth that they really don't want. And maybe they've also found out that they're shifters because of raw. This, this would have been post Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, normally an atus does. That was the earlier
0: conversation. Yeah, that was the. Yeah, that, that fisting conversation happened a long time ago. <laughs> there, were, there were two leaders involved. Anyways. <laughs> 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 but. If you could have that, or you could have it where you know, uh, the colony on Atlantis has already been established. They are actively recruiting shifters for the Stargate program to work Atlantis, to work on Atlantis, to explore Pegasus. Um, it's not an asshole situation, and um, I personally, if I was writing that, John would probably already be on Atlantis because normally. What you find is, like, if one of them goes out and the other one doesn't, it's Rodney. Which is why I wrote it the exact opposite in what might have been. But it would be really interesting if John is, like, on Atlantis as part of the military. And they're bringing in um, scientists um, from other countries. And Rodney's on the list. And he comes out. You know, they're like, oh, look, there's my mate. (laughs) Sorry, I'm going to need some time off.
1: Yeah, <laughs> But you could also, you could do some interesting stuff if you want to do more of a shifters are known and integrated in society kind of thing. Um, you could actually mirror, if you've done some Sentinel, Sentinels are known um, world building, you could mirror some of the stuff there um, about, and have it kind of a little bit focused on like pride or pack dynamics. Um, and it could be that like, you know, shifters, shifter, military shifters, um, like, you know, who lead a unit or something like John or whatever. Um, the, the people who work with them have to be part of John's pride or his pack or whatever we'll go with pride. Um, and that um, everybody who works with him, everybody who comes in the city has to kind of pass muster with the, you know, the whole shifter thing. And I, I like the idea of Roddy not going out initially and, and John coming back and going, Oh, Hello. That is just what my pride needs. And everybody's going, wait, what? <laughs> He's like, I am What'd taking him back. Really, and what would he would be, be really mine. Inter-
0: <laughs> what would be really interesting is is if maybe, yeah, John did come back to Earth to do some scientists checking out. And that maybe that he'd already been told in advance by Weir not to take McKay because she can't stand him.
1: So he comes back mated to him. <laughs> <laughs> This is my Rodney. And you don't get a say about it because he's pride. So he's been vetted by the program and he's pride now. So you have no choice. So suck a dick. <laughs> if you don't like it, you can go back to earth because you could structure it such that because of the shifter thing and only shifters can operate the city that, you know, John has a lot more power than than he did in Canon. I mean, you have to like work out what, you know, the ripples, what the ramifications are of those changes on how things function on the city. Um, John might actually be in charge. They might have gotten out there and found the wraith, and Elizabeth is now just there for um, diplomacy, such as it is. That's not not, not the best choice that could be made. Right? Um, (laughs) I was trying to come up with a word, but decoration works, too. (laughs) Um, Mom guilt? provider. I mean, so John is going back to find a, a new chief science officer. Um, and he, he f- runs across his mate instead. So you could write something that's a lot more um, by not having the angst level very high around the shifter aspect itself. This is the same thing as in the um, secret shifter AU, right? Is when it's when when the ship when the shifter aspect brings trauma into the story, that becomes your conflict point and you have to deal with it. So it it then it becomes a little bit like are you telling a romance or are you telling this this tale of conflict? So in the case of the shifters are known au, um, if you want it to be a little bit more straightforward and you don't want to get into that kind of um the political, Moral implications of of you know Earth's trying to kick its shifter population to Australia, you know, as it were. You can you can have a healthy relationship between shifters and the government, much like many Sentinel Guide AUs, except you've got shifters instead. So you could mirror in a lot of ways the structure of a Sentinel Guide AU,
0: which was on purpose because we uh, we felt like it, someone suggested it, and we felt like it would be the best kind of companion for November.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I mirrored Sentinel Guide dynamics and emergence. That was the whole point. And um, I mirrored what I'd written and, you know, worked on before for Sentinel Guide and made them dragons instead. So you could do the same thing with that. And when you do that kind of thing, you, you might, if you've done Sentinel Guide world building in the past, you might simplify some of your world building, the world building work you have to do. Um, it also is a lot more straightforward story to tell if there's, a good dynamic between, um. Sure. And I always still, I still always find you know like not contemporary fandoms to be the easier ones to plot these kinds of things in. When it comes to the the our known universe,
0: sometimes a contemporary fandom can feel very restrictive. It yeah, it really does.
1: Especially when you're
0: trying to introduce a paranormal element like shape-shifting or magic, yeah. ma- magical realism. Or
1: she, your, brain kinda, your brain just kind of your brain kind of goes. Well, but, but what would the ramifications have been if there had been shapeshifters all along? And it's just that's Ooh. why the secret—that's why the secret shapeshifter is a lot easier to work for me in a contemporary fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the reasons it's not terribly appealing, actually, is because big secrets I kind of find unappealing in general. I find them annoying. I want to—I want to divulge. I, I want, want to, to know. Big, I want to be the re- big reveal. I want declassification. So.
0: One of the more interesting plot drifts we ever did was the one about Tony dying during the plague and ascending. Yeah, and but that was a kind of a leap, right? There was that leap, that moment where you had to leave that contemporary fandom behind and explore this sci this sci fi concept. It's really, you know, honestly, it's easy to put Tony D'Nozzo in Stargate.
1: Yeah, it's not so easy to put Stargate in NCIS. Right. Tony is very um, easy to pluck out of his canon circumstances and just throw him into whatever. Except for Supernatural. I always kind of have a massive, like, I almost sprained my neck with the head tilt over Tony with Supernatural. I'm like, (laughs)
0: what? Because he honestly, if he didn't know that Supernatural, that the demons existed and he was a cop, then he's just one of those idiot cops that they fuck over all the time on the show, right? And that's, like, contrary to his characterization. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I just, it's, it's, that's a tough sell for me, but otherwise he's very easy for me to move into other fandoms. Um, but it's not so easy to move other fandoms into NCIS. It starts to get weird. You talk about tropes for this particular idea about
0: whether or not, you know, that, that, the ancients have been corrupted. Essentially, the ancient DNA has been manipulated by Ra to create these shifters. Um you think about tropes that you put on top of them. The, the most, the most obvious one would be like mating, soulmates, um, mating marks, you know, bites, so that kind of thing. Um. <clears throat> probably, you could probably work found family in if if, if if you did a team fic.
1: Mm-hmm. You could do kind of a case fic type thing, or at least some interpretation of case fic. Um. Now you could take this Stargate
0: fic and put and put Tony dono um put Tony Denozo down in it for, if you want to do a case vic. Like have yeah. the whole city be established, everybody out there be out there, and then you know someone kills Jennifer Keller. Oh wait. Like holder already wrote that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, she did. Um you could also do um I mean time travel is always an option where like let's say they find Atlantis and and, and your inciting event could actually be they're tired of their treatment. They get to Atlantis and find out time travel is possible. And they decide to go back to the point in time where the rift occurred between shifters and humans. So um, um, first time would be a trope, but first time to me is a thematic trope, it means it has to be the slow burn romance has to be the point of the story. Um, um, you can do a mail order bride. Yeah, arrange marriage. Um, or a marriage of convenience, yeah. Marriage of convenience. You could do pretend couple, actually. It could be like a situation like, hey, I'm not ready to get made. Well, you're going to have to pretend like you're interested in somebody. Okay, I'll pretend like I'm interested in you, Mr. McGarrett. Not um, that much <laughs> pretending is needed. Um, courting, yeah, absolutely. Courting is, there, actually, I think when it comes to Werewolf for any kind of shifter shenanigans, courting is actually a really um, natural fit. Um, the thing is, the thing is that when it comes to your layer, I've actually had some people talk to me, they were struggling with their layer. And I got them to tell me that like what their idea is, you know, and we talked about it. And I'd be like, okay, well, these are the thematic tropes I see in what you described. And most of them already had a layer they just hadn't consciously identified it um and i don't mean like little tropes when it comes to like the big thematic elements of your story it's probably there and if it really isn't there because you haven't planned to that degree it's it's you know sit down with somebody and go through a list and be like you know what what are the most common thematic tropes for this type of story, for a romance, what are common thematic tropes for this fandom? Because both are legit, um, and and work out what, and that will also help give your story focus. But honestly, most of this
0: idea about space Australia is the utter definition of, of a dystopia. Yeah, it is. That is dystopian. Yeah, but you can also write a really dirty BDSM fic hmm Just filthy. And they happen to be werewolves. Or whatever. They're on Atlantis living their best life.
1: I mean, you're you know, an SGA. You're an SGA, so you, you can do it. You've made them do it. Um, fuck or die is always... I mean, it's potentially problematic, but, you know, there's some good ones out there.
0: One of the most am- amusing figs I ever read in Stargate... I can't remember who wrote it. It was somebody big. I'm going to be really embarrassed after I tell you what this is. And you go, oh, well, that was so-and-so, you dumbass. Okay, so John and Rodney are in the chair. And the city has decided that Rodney is John's mate. And in order for the weapons chair to work, they have to fuck in the chair.
1: They have to fuck in the chair,
0: okay. They have to fuck in
1: the chair. <laughs> that's sort of like fuck or die. It's definitely a spin it's, on it. It's like, is it, is it Xanthi? It, it's, 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 it's
0: fucking die, and maybe aliens made them do it.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That's kind of that's trope subversion right there. And I remember,
0: remember Roddy was like, well, I have to do what. <laughs> I think it really it boils down to the like the only part that really offends him is that it has to be in the chair.
1: <laughs> so you this in this chair, chair. later. <laughs> it's not very comfortable. It's bad on my back. <laughs> this
0: is this, this is a delicate agent piece of equipment. <laughs>
1: just, just if you're doing a sci-fi fandom and you're doing aliens made them do it or fuck or die, which is usually where fuck or die tends to come in. Um just mind your consent issues, you know, make sure everybody's on yeah. board and that you don't have ripples that are really ugly.
0: And if you do have ripples that are really ugly, um, warn for them.
1: Yeah, yeah. And be if you're the most the most important thing really is that you're aware of what your ripples are and what the ugly ramifications could be of your ripples and that you may manage that. But I think the, one of the most disheartening thing is when somebody writes something that's got really ugly connotations and they're cl- clearly oblivious to it. And it's just like this big old gray cloud over their entire story. It's It's literally literally called called The Chair. Chair.
0: (laughs) The Chair by Xanthe. You can find it on her website. Thank you, Jess. It's actually one of like the first, I don't know, 50 picks I read in Stargate.
1: First 50. How many hundreds have you read?
0: Hell if I know. At one point, I could have said I read most of Wraithbait.
1: Yeah, and and that's just a whole other sad right there. There's no more wraith bait. Um Yeah, did anybody have any questions? I mean, any anything we haven't covered that you would like an answer to?
0: You could also smack an inexplicable baby onto any of these ideas.
1: Oh yeah, I'm I'm all down for an inexplicable baby. I am one of the. I do kind of have an inexplicable baby. Um in the one in one of the ones I plotted, which is that um, it's sort of inexplicable in the sense that it, it—it's impreg, but it's like nobody expected that to be able to happen, or it's very rare. It's not ABO because I'm not going to do the whole heat thing if I do that idea, um, and really, kind of you know, to take the problems out of HBO, ABO for the most part, all you have to really do is take out the heat. I mean,
0: yeah. Oh, I have an idea. Okay, so what if, like, this is the Tony one. So, what if Tony doesn't really realize that his shifter genetics have activated? And he meets somebody, character of your choice, has a hot, fantastic one-night weekend stand. A couple months later, he realizes he's pregnant. And he has to go... Which is is accidental pregnancy, inexplicable baby, and and then... And preg. mating height. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to go find that motherfucker. Which that's Do basically, up,
1: dude. That's that's basically the gist of the trope for the one other story, that contemporary story that I plotted, which was that um he he gets pregnant before he realizes he has the ability to get pregnant. So
0: yeah, it'd be funny, but also kind of scary and weird, and you know, to realize that this is happening to him because. He had something going on he didn't think was possible. Yeah.
1: But I mean, it all depends upon, you could do some things to mitigate kind of, I would think naturally there'd be a little bit of body horror kind of thing, but maybe not, but you could actually write it that the shifter genetics actually mitigate that to some degree that the biology um, that is making this possible helps lessen the psychological trauma of of it.
0: Uh, Although I do think the one night stand secret shifter baby might actually be better done in a shifters are known universe. Because then you won't have to worry yeah. about Tony being pregnant and finding a doctor because there will be a process already in place. There will be doctors. He will have to visit some weird vet in California.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> that I agree that would be better in a shifters are known, which is which is what I plotted for 911, which was that it's a shifters are known universe. So um and then actually the ability to get pregnant is something that is rare but it only occurs with born shifters typically and but in his case um he has he has shifter blood in his ancestry that he wasn't even aware of so, so when he gets when he gets bit it actually he gets all of his gifts including this rare quirk that allows him to have a baby and he bangs his alpha and the next thing you know he's pregnant that that, yeah (laughs) inexplicable baby so that was that's you know that's story number three or four i can't remember how many stories i plotted for november sometimes it would be i I mean it
0: would be good i think i would probably want to do that with either rampart
1: or um steve mcgarrett i think i'd do that one with steve that one feels like steve to me actually rampart would be good too but i think i kind of gravitate towards steve
0: of the two characters, um, I think Steve would be more likely to have unprotected sex. Yes. Because he's reckless.
1: And But honestly, unprotected sex could be just a, um, if you're a shifter. I mean, in Teen Wolf, they deal with that by saying shifters can't catch anything or give anything. And if that's the case, if you're a shifter and you know you can't catch or give anything, why in the world would you wear a condom? Unless you, except for pregnancy. Except for pregnancy. Right. Which, if you don't know that that's a possibility with the person you're with, why would you wear a condom? <laughs> Right. But I do think that's the
0: kind of thing that Steve would indulge in. Maybe maybe but that Rampart would not. Cause it is messy. Yeah. Um, so I do think if anybody's gonna accidentally knock Tony Genozo up, it's gonna be Steve McGarrett. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. And the weird sentence that we never thought we would have in a podcast. <laughs> If anybody's accidentally going to get That's the weirdest Tony. thing that. That's no, it is not the thing weirdest thing that got thing. said tonight. <laughs> well, no. Not even tonight. No. But it is pretty strange. I mean, five years ago, if, if somebody said that someday on a podcast, you're going to say, um, Steve McGarrett is the most likely person to accidentally knock up Tony's nose, we'd have all been like, what? What? <laughs> Yeah, you just broke my brain, Mary Jane. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to recover from that. Um. So yeah, inexplicable babies is a good one to tack on to a good shifter AU because in a shifter AU there is a hook for that baby, and that especially if you're doing a contemporary fandom, it's one of my personal pet peeves is i have a really hard time with M-Preg or inexplicable babies in a contemporary fandom where it makes no sense there's no it's just there's no magic there's no supernatural element there's no paranormal element there's no there's no fae nothing <laughs> there's just it, this some a, a, you know some <laughs> special agent inexplicably got pregnant and nobody seems to think it's weird but honestly every- Actually, everybody thinks it's weird and he has to hide. It's like twins. Um, Which,
0: you know, I know I'm not supposed to like that movie, but I do. (laughs) Well, it's
1: sort of like the first... Is it the first mainstream (laughs) M-Preg? Twins, probably. Not twins. Junior. Junior. I'm thinking of Junior.
0: Oh, yeah, Junior. Junior. Same cast, but, you know. Yeah, Junior. Both are great. Honestly, junior's better. But yeah, I would agree. When he when he cries
1: over the baby, yes. Well, and they have him go. They have him go undercover and hide, dress you know, dress, pretending to be a woman. Which really, it in, in a world where men are don't get pregnant, that's really the only option he really had to hide his pregnancy. Yeah, or, by not hiding it. So you know. Anyway, yeah, but yeah, it's one of those things. It's kind of like this is not. It's it's not it's not a brilliant movie, but it's still it's still entertaining. I'm entertained by it.
0: Good night. But yeah, I mean, either one of these. Like when you're kind of brainstorming your idea, you know, doing a little thematic plotting, picking out themes, figuring out where you want your character to go. It's, I think it's just it's basics for me. That's how I start. That's the beginning. I do a little cloud plotting. I I get my themes down. Get on Google and find the title because that's important. (laughs) Yeah. I need a title to work, really. I mean, Because otherwise I'll obsess over it.
1: I started trying to work out titles earlier on. Um, I've only titled one of my three ideas, which is an issue at this point. Um, Because I can't I don't want to pick my story based upon which one I've got a title to sign up with anyway. Um, but the, I think the most important thing you can do is think about what kind of story you want to tell and then make all your decisions to support what you want to do to support that goal. Um, Cause that's one of the things I see authors do. Um, that's one of the things I see authors do sometimes is they say they want to tell like a romance or whatever, but then the decisions that they're making about the story, I'm like, but the decisions you're making don't support telling a romance. They support a giant angst fest with hopefully nobody's dead by the end, you know? So it, it, it's like, you've got to. <sighs> yeah. Daisy, you missed a whole thing. <laughs> Did you get that reference? Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's okay we recorded it your typo is amazing
1: mary jane yes <laughs> great um it the, that discussion was uh in the last podcast um it was sort of a the probably one of the weirder not the weirdest i think the weirdest tangent ever was the traducan beam but um <laughs> I, I would agree i would agree I'm not sure ever will anything will ever be the electrodecan, but the genitals of unusual size <laughs> and the fisting discussion was pretty strange. But it was, it was it was it was actually was there was a direct connection between the discussion about shifters and how we got to fisting. It it, it wasn't even a very long path, mm-hmm. it, straight there. It went from, you know. From shifters to centaurs to centaur human sex to giant dick to the biggest thing you can put up your ass. <laughs> Which apparently is a two-liter bottle? No, no, you can go bigger. Oh, okay. But I just haven't seen bigger personally. I've seen pictures of bigger, but personally I've only seen the two-liter bottle.
0: I mean, I, I have a I have a question. Mm-hmm. Once you stretch your ass out that big, is it I mean, how long has it had to get it back to
1: normal? Um, I've known some people I'm not sure they ever got back to normal How does that I mean how does that I mean there's some But not Not like you would expect I mean you can only go so far before (laughs) The rubber in the underwear Snaps (laughs) I mean At least you know But
0: like I said that's just There are not enough kegels, kegels in the world Chris
1: she says i mean i did know this one guy who could say gape on command let's just say it that way gape on command no stretching required he had good muscle tone but the minute he relaxed it was it was a straight shot (laughs) it was all yes it was yeah anyway trying to be too specific but it was um it was different I don't know how he could have
0: possibly been all that popular. He wouldn't be fun to
1: fuck. But he was popular with the fisting crowd. Oh. Especially the guys who like to go out two-handed. Sometimes I feel like I'm not mature enough for these conversations, (laughs) (laughs) Julia.
0: Human beings are so weird.
1: Yes, they are.
0: I mean... This is why aliens don't come to see us. Or if they do, they take us for Trust experiments me. and then leave us on the roof of a, of a windex
1: <laughs> It would have to be the Piggly Wiggly. Um,
0: Did you ever see that fucking skit on SNL where she talks about getting abducted?
1: Yes. Oh yes. my
0: god. Oh my god. Oh my god. She is funny as hell. The alien one is funnier than the one where she dies and goes to heaven, but they're no, both the alien great. One,
1: but the alien one is the best. It is the best. Uh,
0: Kate McKinnon,
1: her accent is just—it's—it's
0: <laughs> it's amazing. I don't um, know how the two
1: of the other the other two got through that
0: thing without without dying, laughing. She's so on point the
1: whole time. I think I think this is the video. I think I got it.
0: The only thing between her and the phrase shirt cocking was the fact that she didn't have a cock.
1: <laughs> there you go. Enjoy. <laughs> just looking at her body language is just like... God, that's funny. You know it's going to be terrible. Every single minute of it. You know, if there are no questions, and it doesn't seem like there are, um, I think we, we came, we we plotted, we talked way too much about fisting. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Unless people are wondering what the heck I was doing in my 20s. <laughs> now we know. Now you know. Oh, Chris. Chris, you brought whips to the party. It is
0: totally your <laughs> fault. <laughs> And canes and paddles and floggers. It was not all fisting all the time. And on that note, that is a sentence I never thought I would say. I think that might be the male pregnancy one. I hope you guys found this informative and that you learned a lot. And that, uh, maybe that something we said inspired you and um, or helped your process in some way.
1: I just wanted to say... If one of these ideas shakes your tree, just you know, go forth and write. I mean, not the one that I'm talking about writing for. <laughs> that would be <laughs> not that one. Her shit, but write
0: that. You can write the other shit. And I don't actually edit content out of the podcast, except for that one time when I used somebody's name when I reprimanded them in the chat. I did edit their name out. Because that wasn't, I mean, they did something inappropriate, and I responded in a way that I felt was inappropriate, and I should not have used their name. So I did not allow that to be put on the official podcast that got put up on CastBox. But other than that, I don't do any editing beyond taking out our epic silences.
1: And my chittery keyboard, sometimes she takes that out too. Yeah, sometimes. If it's really loud or annoying. So I hope you guys
0: had fun and um I will try to get these up pretty soon so they'll be beneficial to you to listen to later if you want to relive your <sighs> fisting experience of this evening. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Say like goodnight, Jilly. Good night, everyone. <laughs>